We'll examine our nation's continued devolution in 2023 and provide a corrective blueprint for 2024 with Pastor Greg Young on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope to subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Before we begin, I'm excited to announce that we're taking the podcast in a new direction in this new year. Previously audio only, the show will go to video format when it returns later this month. My first guest will be Morgan Brittany, the former star actress and longtime conservative who previously was a guest on my first live broadcast back in 2020 and then on my first podcast in 2021. The format is changing, but the desire to feature high profile guests you want to hear remains the same. Already booked and raring to go are Donna Fiducia and Don Nguyen, Claire Lopez, Dr. Candace Taylor, Jean Ho, Mel Kay, Trevor Loudon, and Tracy Beans. So I hope you'll continue to support the show and help us take it to another level. Previously the owner of five different businesses, he's an ordained minister who has spoken in churches throughout America as well as in Europe and Africa. He oversees 1,200 house churches, a Bible school, and an orphanage in India. He hosts the nationally syndicated radio show, Chosen Generation Radio. It is a blessing and an honor to bring to the show Pastor Greg Young. Pastor Greg, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Good to be with you, Gary. Thanks for having me, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, a belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. A belated Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year, and I want to thank you once again for having me on your show. I really appreciated it and enjoyed let you giving me a forum to uh, talk about what I do, and because we both basically talk about and do the same things as servants of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so I thank you for that. Absolutely. So let's start out by venturing into what I hope would be fantasy land, but sadly it isn't. Is there one thing that occurred in our nation that you never thought could possibly happen in your lifetime? You know, I know when when we talked about doing this, we talked about, you know, is there one specific thing? And, and as I've reflected on that, you know, uh, again, just kind of looking at it, if it was one thing, if it was just one thing, then then I believe confidently that we would easily be able to overcome one thing. The problem that we face is that there are a multitude of issues that I never thought we would be watching happen here in our country the 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 gender issue that we're seeing never imagined that the embrace by an entire generation of americans of communism never imagined that i i'm i'm 61 years old and i was a russian linguist in the air force during the cold war i never in my life imagined that there would be americans that would suggest that communism was a good way to live. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the thing that really boils down for me on all this is how the radical left has been able to redefine morality and cast it off as simply a social issue. And I say that with parentheses. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been done and is done not just in far left circles, but that's done in conservative circles. Conservatism has essentially taken on the concept to a degree of libertarianism without God. And so the idea here is, is that we need to be focused on spending and debt and border security and economy and jobs and too many wars and fake news and racism and poverty. The problem with all of that is, is that every single one of those issues has a moral imperative. 
and without a moral foundation, a biblical moral foundation, we have we have no basis upon which to establish what should spending look like, what should debt look like, where are the constraints, what should our border look like, and what is the moral high ground, because that's been America's secret weapon throughout her entire history, has been that America has held a moral high ground. And it goes all the way back to the Quakers and the Pilgrims that came over mm-hmm. in the 1600s. Goes back to the Mayflower Compact. And and that moral imperative has been trashed, which is what has given us a culture of death and which is what has given us a redefinition to where evil is good and good is evil. I hear you, Pastor Greg, and as I, as you were speaking, I was thinking, and I'm going to let you expound on this, God has an absolute righteous standard. The problem is, is most people in the world now, and many, many in the United States, don't know what that standard is, nor do they really care. And therefore, if you don't know what God's righteous standard is, you don't, as you're saying, it's like you have no compass to understand what lens to look for to determine where you should stand on all these issues. Is, would you say that's pretty accurate? I, I would I would agree wholeheartedly. I would agree wholeheartedly. We're we're a nation right now without a soul and without a compass, and that's on on all sides of this unfortunately, to such a degree. Now, I will say that I do see small signs of light. I think there is always hope and it only takes a remnant and an ember. And I think that we are seeing some of that. I think that we are seeing people who are beginning to realize how far adrift we've come and that the arguments, just the common sense arguments that they that they realize and recognize and say, you know what, this just isn't this isn't right. Men dressing up like women and and everybody having to bow down to that is is just plain not right. Mm-hmm. The 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 abuse of kids. There was a time in this country when when if there was anything in our nation that was sacrosanct that you that you just didn't mess with it was the children we've breached that barrier and i think that people are beginning to come back to say wait a minute no kids have to be off limits kids you 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 can't and so now we have to come back to well why is that what's the underlying reason that kids are off limits. Well, it it's because God said kids are off limits. Well, Pastor Greg, we have a major problem here, here because the damage caused by the removal of God from our schools, workplace, and government, that's why people don't know the Ten Commandments has been removed. A lot of people don't know what the standard is. A lot of people don't know what's wrong with with uh, with uh, men being with men and women being with women. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, who are they hurting it? See, they don't know what's in the Bible. And if God has been removed from all vestiges of outside of the church, meaning the schools, the workplace, and the government, is this reversible? In other words, without getting God back in the school, in the workplace, and in the government where he belongs, right? How are we going to be able to push a, a righteous standard or tell them this is wrong because God says so when they put this phony separation of church and state, which is not what the founding fathers meant, right? How do how right. do we how do we get this back? So I, I think that it it begins just like uh, it it began here in America. You know, when Alex de Tocqueville was was going around the country trying to figure out how this little fledgling nation 
had just taken down the most powerful nation in the world? How had this fledgling nation become a, a recognized power by all of the old guard of Europe, if you will? And where did he go? He found it in the pulpits. He found it in the mouths of the men of God, the preachers. And that's the reason why the church has been under so much attack, the march through the institutions, and the church is one of those. So where do I believe that it begins? I believe that it actually begins in homes. Mm -hmm. It has to start in our homes. And then we have to kindle the fire with our neighbors. And it's got to go from literally from house to house as we, as, as followers of Christ, begin to really educate and help people to understand what is written in this holy book called the Bible. What does the word of God say? And why is it important that we, that we follow what he says? When we, when we think about uh, you know, the, the LGBTQ agenda and we say, well, it really doesn't matter what they do in inside of their own home or, or inside of, you know, their, their own little interpersonal. But what matters is, is when we, when we make laws that legalize immoral behavior, now as a society, we have to teach immorality to another generation. The things that, that you probably have talked about that I've talked about, there's, there's a, a document called the overhauling of straight America. And it is the, it is the game plan from the late eighties of how they intended to push the lesbian, sodomite, bisexual, transgender agenda on America. And let me read you something that's, that's written in it. Please do. It says a media campaign to promote the gay victim image should make use of symbols which reduce the mainstream sense of threat, which lower its guard and which enhance the plausibility of victimization. In practical terms, this means that jaunty mustachioed muscle men would keep very low profile in gay commercials and other public presentations, while sympathetic figures of nice young people, old people, and attractive women would be featured. It almost goes without saying that groups on the farthest margin of acceptability. I want you to folks to, to, to remember that term. Farthest margin of acceptability. That means it's okay. They may be on the edge, but they're okay. Such as NAMBLA, the North American Man-Boy Love Association, must play no part at all in such a campaign. Suspected child molesters will never look like victims. Mm -hmm. Folks, this is this has been their foundation from the beginning. They're pushing pedophilia right now. The child sex trafficking that that that, that has become uh, a kind of a, a a news issue, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad that it's being recognized and that it's being seen and the numbers and and all of it. Sounds of Freedom was a was a powerful film, but the thing that we need to understand is is that the root of the problem is not the abduction of the children. The root of the problem is our societal embrace of deviance and perversion. That's the root of the problem. And until we start calling out and recognizing deviants and perverts for what they are and recognizing that the behavior is a, is a deviant and perverted behavior and, and standing up and calling that out. Now, we call it out in love and say, look, there is freedom from that. You can get loose from that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to let that spirit overtake you. But the church has come to the position, and I believe some of these pastors, even out of a sense of, uh, of, of a lack of, because remember, they go into seminary, and they come out of seminary basically questioning the validity of the word. 
And can I interject? And I think that's because the Marxists took over a lot of the seminaries starting back in the 1940s and 50s, and they've been putting in their Marxist social justice, replacing God's justice with social justice and and softening the curriculum, discrediting the Bible, making people wonder, is everything in the Bible real? Is Jesus really the Messiah? And did God really create the world or did something else happen along the way? Same question that Satan asked Eve, right? Did God really say? say. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you look, I, I've talked about this on my program, but if you look back to the 1960s, there were two ways that you did not serve in Vietnam in the fight, that, because we were fighting communism. Coming out of World War II, we began the battle against communism. And there were two ways you got out of it, an academic exemption or a religious Religious. exemption. And the religious exemption went to those that went to seminaries, that went to religious schools. And so who stayed behind and took those exemptions? The majority of them were Marxists. Mm -hmm. The majority of them didn't even believe in God. And they infiltrated our seminaries and they infiltrated our higher academia. And ultimately, they ended up destroying those institutions. It's a mess. But speaking about the mess, how bad are things? Please unpack uh, key elements that contributed to our nation's continued devolution in 2023. We've been slipping, sliding down this rabbit hole for so long. What are some of the key elements that just happened in the previous year that have just continued this uh, devolving? I, I, I think one of the big one of the bigger issues really does have to do with who who is who is the author of life? Who determines life? You know, I know that abortion has been around for a number of years, but that slide of abortion is really what has ended up causing all of this gender uh, mutilation and and the gender questions that we're seeing today. That's that's a, that's a very foundational issue because the question becomes who created you and how did they create you? And did they create you as male and female and and with a purpose? And I think that what we've seen in 2023 is an acceleration of the destruction of what it means to be created by God. Wow. Yeah. And that plays out in in the abortion, because if creation is not of God, then People think they have control of their own bodies, even if the fetus isn't part of your body. It's a separate entity of its own. It's had its own DNA. But um, are you surprised that the left has made that its holy grail? And this is their Custer's last stand that they're willing to die on. Not not really, um, because you you have to take this back. And and, and I've talked over over the years uh, on, you know, uh, and trying to help educate about how evolution played a role in this. If you go back to to the to the Scopes trial of the 1920s, everybody says, oh, well, uh, was it William Jennings Bryant? Bryant. Yeah. yeah, that that. Oh, he won. Well, he didn't really win because he wasn't really prepared for the argument itself. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't properly prepare. He opened the crack that created the march of evolution in our school system. And you see that again, going back to what we talked about, about seminaries and pastors and the Bible and so on. You, you have a lot of, of Christians that believe that evolution and creation can somehow coexist or co-mingle, or God could have used an evolutionary form in order to create what he created. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on Pastor Greg, I have to stop you right here, because I, I this, is, this is one of the things that makes my head explode. Now, the Bible says, it explains it very, very simply, that God created Adam. 
breathed life into him, made him out of dust. Then he then he brings Eve out of it. But the, the key thing about scripture to me is in the creation of the world, he created everything according to its kind. And the one thing we know now because of DNA is that everything has its own separate DNA. The, a peach, a pear, a plum, a person, a cat, and a dog, their DNAs don't make the D everybody can say DNA is according to its kind. How are they able to pull this off? And there's no cross mutilation. You don't see a cow mixing with a pig and creating something else. And if we are evolving, why did it stop? Why hasn't there been any new? You know, why, why haven't we just evolved instead of everything is devolving and dying on the vine? Like the Bible said it would. Why people refuse to look at the facts and people claim they're into facts and they're into science. Well, the science shows exactly uh, what this is. And that's the one thing that, that amazes me. And then I'm going to ask you about the border. But the, one of, that's the one thing that amazes me is that people are trying to make this something it's not as far as life. life. Because we've lost truth. Truth has now become completely subjective. Facts are what the speaker or the persons in power say they are. They're not based on anything more than that. So what I, what I think the fact is or what I want the fact to be, that's the truth. And in part, you know, examples of it, the COVID virus, the effects of the vaccines and sudden deaths, when life begins, gender designations no longer biological, sexual desire, lust is not a choice. The Bible says that uh, what the scholar wants it to say, and there's no true interpretation of its absolute truth. Calling out fake news has been both a blessing and a curse. When one side wants there to be no truth that people can trust and will use a constant barrage of misinformation or disinformation to cause confusion, then the louder those speaking truth call out fake news, the more the people begin to reject all truth and settle on no absolute truth because finding truth just becomes too difficult. I understand what you're saying. And let's take this one step further to what is going on at the border, which is something that I absolutely can't believe. So they shut the nation down for a virus. They shut the complete nation down outside of a few strip clubs and some liquor stores. Nobody can go anywhere. Nobody can do anything. We're so concerned. Then they want you to take the stab, take the jab, which obviously I did not do. I put my faith and trust in God. And what ends up happening is, so everybody's got to keep jabbing, 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 stabbing, stabbing, stabbing. And then what ends up happening now, the border is wide open and we're watching all these people coming from all different countries without knowing what diseases they're bringing in. They're not they're not being vaccinated. They're just coming and bringing whatever they want in. And the left is saying this is fine. fine. And people are going along with it. Can you believe this? Well, it, it's and, and it's beyond that. You, you've got we know that there are known terrorists that are coming across the border as well. We know that they we, we, that they just recently over the last week or so um, our intelligence agencies have uncovered that there is a, a definitive plan for planting individuals in our country for, for an, an, a coming attack. Uh, we know that that's taking place as well. And, and where does the impetus come? Well, you've got a lot of NGOs, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got all these people that are saying, oh, these poor people that are coming across and 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 we we've got to take care of them except that the problem we have is is that there is a trail of destruction of life that leads from every single one of these countries to our border the the open borders is is not the solution and it can take it back actually to a biblical truth who was the very first one that created nations. Who's the very first one that established boundaries? God. 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 
Well, they want to leave him out, and this is what we get. And by the way, not only that, since we were talking about sex trafficking, now that's another reason they keep that border, that border open, because, because sex trafficking is huge. Is it like a $15 billion business? I don't even want to know what the number is. All I just know is it's ba- it's very, very bad, and people on both sides of the aisle are profiting off of it, and this is this is absolutely terrible. You know, it, we have all these issues that we have to deal with, not even thinking about the economy, fixed elections, everything else that's going on here, but this is what we're dealing with. So, uh, Pastor, Pastor Young, please tell us about your chosen generation broadcast. You focus on key issues that are destroying our country. You bring on national National, nationally known guests, and you provide your well-educated commentaries. Everything is filtered through biblical glasses, no topics off limits. Please tell everybody about your outstanding syndicated broadcast. Sure. You know, when I started the program uh, now going on 12 years ago, there, there were three major areas that the Lord told me that I needed to make sure people understood. The LGBTQ agenda, Islam, and secular humanism. Each one of those right now, today, is a is a huge burning issue that is burning a hole in the United States of America. The sexual deviance and the perversion and the gender confusion and all of that are the LGBTQ. Islam right now has declared that it desires to destroy this country and they are sending terrorists across the border we just talked about for that very purpose. And secular humanism is really what we focused a lot of our energies on in the conversations that you and I have just had today here on your program and the removal of God and the idea that man with the evil and wicked intents that are in his heart because he has that kind of nature is somehow going to be able to solve all of his own problems, which is what he thinks he can do, but he keeps breaking things along the way. Uh, and so that's the goal is, is, is to really help people understand and then to give people hope in understanding. And I think that, you know, as, as we, as even as we close our segment together, the important thing is, is to understand it starts in your house. It starts in your home. And then it starts by you being vocal and don't be ashamed of saying, listen, you're supposed to be to your, to, to those in the political class, you're supposed to be my representative. That means that when I look in the mirror, I should see in you what I see in me. And if I don't, then you're not the right guy. And we need, we do need to have that, that barometer. Uh, The other thing that I'm heavily involved in is ministry in Punjab, India, and that's because I was in a catastrophic car accident six years ago. We were going to get into that. I was going to save that for a little bit later, but please tell everybody about it now. We have time, so you don't have to rush here. Just tell everybody about the accident. You have been married 34 years, five children, three grandchildren, and boy, it almost disappeared overnight in 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 a blink of an eye, right? It, it absolutely did. And actually, we hit 37 years just this last week, December 20th. Oh, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Uh, we, we, yep. We hit 37 years and and uh, five, three and and one more on the way. Um, and that's the daughter that was in the accident. So six years ago, my daughter Jackie and I were on our way to the, to the uh, facility I was renting at the time to broadcast my show out of when a truck pulled across the highway in front of us and we hit him at 55 miles per hour and <clears throat> there was nowhere to go. We, 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 my daughter turned the wheel slightly to the right, hitting the uh, passenger driver's side door. And we hit the truck so hard that we knocked the cab off the frame by a foot and a half, mm-hmm. smashed in the whole driver's side of the vehicle, engine cavity, all of it came crushing in along with the tools out of the windshield or out of the back of his truck coming through the windshield. And I managed to be able to have my hand on the seat belt. I was in the passenger seat and I dove from the passenger seat to the driver's seat to become her airbag. I smashed my face and my head on the steering wheel. I flattened one portion of the steering wheel. I broke both hands and both wrists. 
I broke my left orbital and degloved my face. I broke the base of my skull on both sides. I broke my neck at C3 front and back. I broke my back in three places between T1 and T5. I broke my right rib cage. I broke my pelvis, my hip, my femur, my tibia, and my fibula on my left leg. And they told me that was my good leg. I broke the bottom of my right knee and the top of my right tibia, severing the main artery and severing all the nerves below my right knee. Uh, I died at the scene, and then my daughter said that I convulsed several times, came back up and looked at her, and then looked straight ahead. They metaflighted me into University Hospital in San Antonio, Texas, where I had 17 surgeries over the next five days and died three more times. They had to put the, uh, the, the straight line into my heart in order to use the chemical adrenaline in order to bring me back to life and um uh, and and so i i you know it it there's no doubt it uh it changed i had three uh go to heaven experiences that were um that were pretty powerful and uh and i have uh, now been sharing that testimony in punjab india over skype uh, with uh, first with pastors and and then now in in unreached areas and over the course of the last four years we've planted 1200 churches many of them are home churches but we also have buildings uh, and the congregations uh, vary in size from uh, from from 15 to 150. Wow, that that is some testimony and that the Lord has brought you through. He obviously wasn't through with you. And uh, it's it's amazing how we people when we go through trials and tribulations, a lot of times we come out stronger and even with more passion for Christ. Now, your passion is for people to encounter the presence of Jesus Christ in a tangible and real way. Your messages are intended to encourage and challenge people to use their faith to see God's kingdom come as well as have God brought back to America. That is what the left, the Marxists and the communists don't want. They want God out so government can be your daddy. Is this something that you deal with and how do you try and explain to people that either you're going to have God as your substance, or you're going to look at look government. government. Well, I, I like to take it back really to the Declaration of Independence, which talks about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and understanding the basis upon which those three uh, very foundational rocks stand, if you will. We 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 hear the term that they are that we have these inalienable rights that were given to us by God. And I and this is why earlier I alluded that both on, on the conservative side and on the liberal side, you have some confusion, I think, about what that really means. And and here's where the founders really differed from even John Locke, which John Locke is held up as as you know, a, a conservative icon, but the reality is, is that our founders saw life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in a little bit different vein, because they said that it wasn't two hands that were extended, one being God's and one being man. It was rather that life, liberty, and that and that pursuit of happiness, or that uh, that that desire to uh, to, to be, to have dominion over the earth was something that God literally put in us. It is, it Amen. is literally who we are. It is our DNA. God breathed life into us and he set us free at the cross. That's where true freedom comes from. Our freedom comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. And then that we we are now then put back to the place where he said to Adam and Eve, have dominion over the earth and be fruitful and multiply. Those are put in us. They are literally who we are. 
which is why our founders were willing to lay down their lives, surrender all of their riches, surrender everything in order to take that back. And one of the mantras of our founders was, who will you serve? Will you serve King George or will you serve King Jesus? And I think in answer really to what is going to turn our country around, we need to ask that same question. And, you know, this idea that, oh, America is not a Christian nation or wasn't founded as a Christian nation or we have to be inclusive of everybody's religious ideas. Listen, America was founded as a Christian nation. And we need to start speaking that again. Is there an opportunity? Can somebody else who doesn't believe or have Christian faith live here? Absolutely. That's fine. But that does not mean that we are going to embrace their belief system and make it our foundation. We have a foundation. And most of those who come, generally speaking, over the course of our history have come to this country because they were attracted to America's Christian heritage. And they said, there's something different about that country. And if we can just get there, we can give ourselves and our children opportunities that don't exist anywhere else in the world. I hear you. You know, your chosen generation radio show, one of the things I like about it is that you, outside of bringing the strong gospel message, you also bring strong politics. And there's a lot of pastors and a lot of Christians that don't think that politics and God mix. But the thing is, is everything in life is political. political. Jesus, Jesus, what happened to Jesus Jesus was political. political. And God has an opinion on everything. So please explain and tell people why you were very strong on the political aspect of trying to show people where they should stand. Well, you know, it really goes back to that that the left has decided they're the ones that have proposed, as you talked earlier, about separation of church and state. In addition to that, they're the ones who have labeled what is political. So if you want to talk about marriage, well, now that's supposed to be political. If you want to talk about how we're educating our children, well, now that's political. If you want to talk about borders and national security, well, now that's political. Every single one of these issues, our founders laid out our Constitution predicated on a biblical worldview. The five things that we find in the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, freedom of the press, and and uh, and the freedom to be able to redress our government. Every one of those is a biblical principle. What our founders did was they restored us back before Israel decided that they wanted a king instead of God. That's really what our founders did. And so they said, no, America is going to be predicated on a biblical truth that every single man has the opportunity and equality to be able to approach God and receive from God their life, their liberty, and their freedom. And the, the government's only job and, and only purpose in America is to protect those God-given rights, period. That's it. And then protect us from foreign invaders. Pastor Greg, we've talked about the problems. Please provide a corrective blueprint as you see it for 2024 to start reversing this curse and getting things on the right track. I think the the first place that we have to begin is again inside of the homes. Um, and I know that there are a lot of of hurting and broken families. And my message to every single one of them is is that the healing that you need, the healing that you are seeking, 
the wholeness that you need and the love that needs to fill your house is available to you through an encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not talking about, you know, fake churches. I'm talking about a real encounter with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. We have been given precious promises that are for today, not just for to come. As we talked about earlier in this segment, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't have to wait. We can experience it now. And it begins right here with us in how we see and how we think and how we act and then how we train up our families around us by spending time in the word, reading it and understanding it and then acting upon it. And what you don't understand, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. But it's going to begin with revivals in home. Then it's going to have to go out into your community and find like-minded individuals and, and then begin on a local level to take back your community, your schools, your city councils, your county commissions, wherever you are. And, and really, Gary, that's the blueprint. But the blueprint really begins with us addressing family issues. And I know that we have a remnant of strong biblical God-fearing families across our audience and across our country. And I'm just wanting to encourage you, be courageous, be Joshua and be courageous and ask God to lead you and guide you and direct you to others that are like-minded so you can light a fire in them and then begin to light the fire in your neighborhood. I hear you. How does this translate into dealing with the politicians that we put or are called to put into offices? We need to find and look for candidates who are willing to stand out and speak out about their faith. I am really encouraged by our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and the fact that his very first act as Speaker was to call them together and get on their knees and pray. And it wasn't for show, it was for real. Those are the kinds of individuals that should be representing us here in these United States. And if that's not who's representing you, call them out for it. And if they tell you that it's a, oh, that's just a social issue or nobody cares about that, um, bring up to them some of the stories like Riley Gaines and and people who are being directly impacted because of the perversion that is being thrust upon our kids. Ask them, do your children matter? Do your grandchildren matter? I hear you. You know, we've talked about Curtis Bauer's uh, two films, Agenda and Agenda 2, Grinding America Down. And uh, I've known Curtis for years. And Curtis had said that he thought 2020 would be the last free election we could have we would had if we didn't win it. Are we at a point right now where in 2024, if we don't win this election, that if the left wins this election, could it be over? There As is, we see America. There there is certainly the potential. And I do think that we're going to be going through some pretty rough waters, however this thing shakes out in 2024. Because the other side has made it very clear that if they don't get the outcome that they want, they are, they're going to create chaos in the streets at, as soon as the election is done. Let's not forget, you know, everybody talks about uh, the left focuses on, oh, January 6th and so on. But let's not forget that on Inauguration Day and, and, and the several days that followed in 2016, there were riots, there were cars set on fire in Washington, D.C. 
remember what happened even with President Trump when he was in the White House, when he traveled across the street to that church. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, let, let's let's be real about this. The left has made it very clear what their intention is. And yes, Gary, I'm I am incredibly concerned about uh, what 2024 is going to bring. And no matter who ends up, if even if we end up with the election, who ends up winning the election, uh, if we make the same mistake that we did in 2016 in 2024, then I do think that we are uh, that that the America that we know is not likely to survive. I hear what you're saying. You know, uh, a lot a lot of this to me as as a big part of what I do is trying to keep the starve off this Marxist communist. And I understand the swamp, the beltway. I understand. Uh, I really, truly believe it's no longer Republican versus Democrat. It's no longer even communist versus constitution. It's now globalist versus America first. And that's why I see all forces aligning against President Trump, because he's trying to bring us back to a constitutional America first, take care of your country, where almost everybody else is bought into this global initiative. When you just talk about President Trump on your show, how do you deal when you're talking with your guests and what is your opinion or what do you say about President Trump to your audience? Well, you know, I I believe that President Trump had an encounter with God in in late 2015 and early 2016. Uh, David Brody and I talked about it. David had a lot of access to President Trump early in his presidency and had some pretty intimate conversations with him. I have friends who were in the White House that Same prayed here. with the mm-hmm. president. Um, and so I, I I know that he had an encounter with the Lord at that time. I know that he also had a lot of bad people around him. Mm-hmm. I know that he has, has had issues with who he has chosen to put around him. Mm -hmm. Um, My prayer is, is that at some point and in some way, he's able to get that straightened out and that this next time, if he's able to make it, uh, that, that he's able to put the right people around him. And I would encourage every believer to really be praying for the people that are around him uh, because, you know, he's he is a, a, a trusting person for the most part. He's a generous person. Uh, he believes in loyalty. And uh, and and so unfortunately, that has not translated well in the shark waters that are that are the political landscape. We just have to pray. See, I believe President Trump is the only person that God ordained him that not really to govern, that the main thing was you got to clean that swamp out. That I I really believe that what he was put in there to do was to deal with the the disingenuous mainstream media, political correctness and this Marxist stuff. That stuff has to be leveled. That playing field has to be leveled before you can even begin to thinking about government governing, because we saw what happened in the swamp swamp the first first time. time. So we just need to Continue to pray because God will not be mocked. And it's not about whose side is God on. We need to be on God's side because that is the side of truth and righteousness. And he never loses this. Pastor Greg, I really appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed this. Please tell people where they can find your Chosen Generation radio show and where they can find you and anything else you'd like to promote. Sure. The the best place to find me is at the website, chosengenerationradio.com, chosengenerationradio.com. And uh, and you can also uh, locate me on TECN TV. Um, and I just want to encourage you also, please be praying for our India ministry. Uh, we are literally impacting hundreds of thousands of people in Punjab, India every single day. And it, it, we, there's a, a just a gigantic um, crisis that's taking place over there of persecution against Christians that a lot of people don't realize in the Punjab area. But I want to say, too, that we're seeing revival. Amen. We've been holding meetings in unreached areas. We could put a well in for as little as $400. We can do an outreach for $250 
that will reach as many as two to 300 people. Uh, we can also do some larger outreaches as well. In our last four meetings at the at the end of this last year before the cold streak hit, we had 1,647 salvations and 1,200 people that testified about miraculous healings that took place in the meetings, and these were all unreached people groups. Amen. The Lord's works working all four corners of the earth. Pastor Greg, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just hope and pray that 2024 will be far better than 2023. And I wish you, your family, a uh, happy new year and God bless. Thank you, Gary. God bless you. God bless your audience and, uh, and God bless America. Thank you very much. There we have it, Pastor Greg Young. I want to thank Pastor Greg Young for providing biblical and worldview assessments on what has gone wrong in our teetering nation, as well as providing solutions to save it while we still have time. Thank you for being a dedicated, faithful servant to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends about the show. There is an archive to this podcast located on the page where you can hear episodes featuring more than 125 high-profile guests. Here's just a few. Ben Carson, Clay Clark, Monica Criley, Diamond and Silk. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Carrie Lake, Mike Lindell, Judge Janine Pirro, Alex Newman, Kevin Sorbo, Carol Swain, Will Witt, and Naomi Wolf. Well, that's a wrap for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, when we will appear in video form for the first time with guest Morgan Brittany, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying here's wishing everyone a very happy new year. God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.